Hey, if you're constantly looking for new ways to grow your email list, your website is a great place to double back on. Think about it. What better place to capture emails than the one platform people would go most likely only if they're interested in working with you or learning more about your services? Not to mention, there are so many opportunities to diversify your email opt-ins based on website pages in an intentional way. And maybe you absolutely love the idea of that, hence why you're tuning into this episode, but don't feel incredibly confident mapping out which opt-in should go where and why in order to invite the right people to your list. Let me assure you that while growing your list can seem like a never-ending task, making simple changes to your site to help your efforts is easier than you think and you can likely do it yourself. As a copywriter who not only writes copy but strategically maps out websites and specializes in email marketing, I've learned simple ways to optimize your website so more visitors join your email list. In this episode, I'll walk you through the main pages of your website and which email opt-in forms to add to each page so you don't miss out on nurturing potential customers and clients and easily invite them to your email list instead. Let's dive into the episode. Howdy, my name's Carson, and you're listening to the Just Keep Showing Up podcast, a show created to provide you with juicy, helpful copywriting and marketing tips, as well as inspiring conversations with friends I've met along the way, so you can keep showing up to grow your brand and bring your magic to life. Without further ado, let's dive in to today's episode. What is up and welcome back to the Just Keep Showing Up podcast. I'm so honored that you would spend your time here with me today as we chat about website strategy and how to optimize your website to grow your email list. This has to be one of my favorite topics, mostly because I have seen time and time and time again my brilliant friends and peers work so hard to launch or relaunch their website and then when I go to visit their site, I don't see the number one thing, in my opinion, that I know, I don't really use the word should a lot, but I the only thing I can really say is that I feel like should be there, and that is an email opt-in form, okay? And in the same breath that I say should, you should only have that if you feel prepared to send emails to the people that you're collecting that are joining your list, right? So I don't want you to just like slap on an email opt-in form um, on your website just because you're like, oh my gosh, like I should have one on there. You're right, like people are visiting my site or I'm about to relaunch my website or launch a new website or something. And that's, you know, the, the thought process here is like when you launch or relaunch something and you draw a lot of attention to it, you're likely gonna see the most visitors to that site in one day that you know you you'll see right because you're making a big deal you're hyping it up you're doing a relaunch so as like all those people are going it makes sense to have email opt-in forms so that they don't just visit your website and then leave, but to further you know, your relationship with them by them joining your email list and by nurturing them there and reminding them of your services and of your brand and of your content and all that good stuff. So I say, okay, yes, I recommend that you do have that, but only if you feel prepared to follow up the people that are joining your list with emails, which is why I'm gonna shamelessly plug 
my email marketing 101 course, like if you need help getting all that set up, email marketing 101 has like ev- absolutely everything that you need um, in order to do that. And but when this episode comes out, um, email marketing 101 might still be going through a revamp process. Um, it's going to be re-released in um, fall 2022 is its anticipated date. So if it's after fall 2022 that you're listening to this, you can you know enroll pretty easily. Um, and if not, just be on the lookout look out for, you know, it's relaunching, you could say. I'm just adding some courses and um, refilming some things and just, you know, making it as relevant as I possibly can because at this point, it's been out in the world for a year and I like to go in and improve and just make sure that, you know, it's the content is as helpful and beneficial and as relevant as possible. All right, so that's that's all that. So that's that's why that's the purpose um, of this episode is that I I see a missed opportunity a lot of times. I see you know a brilliant website. I see people driving traffic to their website, but I don't see them capturing potential clients and customers via email. You know from that site, from the one place that people would be going if they're serious, if they're interested in working with you and learning more about your services and all that jazz, okay? So the first thing that you can do in order to optimize your website to grow your email list, and we're gonna kinda go through um, this episode by email opt-in form. So I'm gonna kinda just like name the forms, which there are three forms that I recommend you have on your website if it works for your brand, and then I'm going to name within each form category, I'm going to name the pages that you can pop these forms on or that would work well with these forms and the type of content that I would recommend um, you, you know, market on these forms, okay? So we're gonna go by form, page, and content, okay? So stick with me here. And the first form we're gonna talk about today is a pop-up form. And you've likely seen a pop-up form on a homepage before, okay? You go to someone's website, you spend a few seconds scrolling around, and then all of a sudden, boom, like a pop-up form appears inviting you to like enroll in a workshop, join a wait list, grab a freebie of some sort, whatever it might say, okay? And whether you join their list via that form or not, it likely stops you in your tracks and gets your attention, aka it does its job. (laughs) That's why the first place I recommend you using it is on your homepage. And this is because I like to think of your website's homepage as like the hotel lobby of your website. The homepage isn't necessarily somewhere people stay when they visit your website, but it's somewhere that they visit for a second until they figure out where they'd like to go, making it one of the shortest visited pages, okay? People, you know, click your link, land on your homepage, scroll up for a few seconds, figure out where they wanna go via your navigation bar, or maybe you have your services laid out on your homepage, Um, and all that jazz, and then they go to the next part, wherever they would like to be, right? That's kind of the goal of the homepage, so we don't, we don't want them to sit there forever. We want them, we want to lay it out in a way that helps them, you know, understand who you are and what you do and where they need to go afterward, right? So it's like, kind of like the hotel lobby, and it's one of the shortest visited pages, most likely, okay? And design and user experience experts recommend waiting at least seven seconds before a pop-up form is triggered on your homepage, which is pretty ideal since statistics say the average visitor stays on your homepage for about eight seconds, okay? And I actually totally agree with this because no one likes to be bombarded with a pop-up three seconds after getting to a website, right? Like you don't wanna just land on a homepage and then boom, 
pop up. Like you want to give them time to read your header, to maybe like look at some calls to action, to figure out a few things, to get acclimated, and then, uh, you know, bring that pop-up form up, okay? Because they're likely ready to leave that homepage anyway to go somewhere else. So like it's just like one more thing before they go. So I totally agree with that. But I also recommend you do your own research and check your website page stats. So like go to your website analytics and you'll be able to see by page like how long people stay on each page, okay? So do your own research and see how long your browsers are staying on each page and adjust your pop-up form trigger from there because when you do set a pop-up form, um, there is a trigger, like it has to be triggered. So it's like, you know, bring this pop-up form up after X amount of seconds or when someone goes to leave a page or whatever it might be. There's so many different triggers and it just depends on like your website host and what you're using to like host your website. But I recommend setting it to about seven seconds, okay? And when it comes to what kind of content to promote on your homepage's pop-up form, I recommend promoting a seasonal offer, all right? And this could look like a workshop that leads to your course or program or a wait list for your new and upcoming offer. So like your pop-up form is likely something that is going to change quarter to quarter, season to season, depending on like you, whatever you're focusing on promoting or selling in your business um, at that time, okay? So the thing is, is to remember that pop-up forms are great for grabbing attention, So keep your copy clear and direct. State what you're promoting. Just write a very clear and short header, how it helps your ideal client um, or customer for that offer as it relates to that offer, and a bold call to action button, okay? So, you know, if I was creating a pop-up form um, to promote my new cop- like business mentorship for copywriters, I would say like the pop-up form would pop up and maybe my headline would be, are you a copywriter looking for a mentor? And then it would say, you know, join the wait list for, to be the first to know about XYZ up updates and then a call to action button um, with, you know, that would help them sign up for that or that would take them to the opt-in form. So very short, sweet, to the point, because remember, we want them to be able to like consume and, and take action on whatever it is, okay? So definitely homepage, and that's how I would recommend presenting the content for your pop-up forms. And the second page I recommend using a pop-up form is on your services page. Since this is a page that people tend to stay on a bit longer in order to learn more about what you have to offer them, this is a great opportunity to break their scroll with a freebie related to your offers, okay? Because remember, not everyone who is checking out your services is ready to make a decision about them. But that doesn't mean that they aren't still interested in your brand or choosing you later on down the road. So we want to capture their emails. And what better way to do that than by presenting them with a freebie that solves a problem as it relates to the services that is on that are on that page right because one of the main reasons why we want them to join your email list is so you can continue to increase their awareness of you and your brand and how you can serve them so they don't leave your website and possibly forget you exist okay not that they would but we don't we don't want that to happen However, the kind of content I recommend you share on your services page is more pointed than the seasonal content um, that I recommend you promote via pop-up on your homepage. So if you're a web designer who is laying out your brand strategy, your web design, and your brand design options on your services page, then I recommend giving your browsers something helpful they can implement immediately to alleviate part of their problem, even if they're not ready to hire you yet, okay? Kind of like I mentioned a little earlier, providing a freebie that helps them solve a problem. 
Um, this could look like a piece of your service or your framework or your methodology in freebie form, or it could be like a template or tutorial. It's, it all depends on your brand, your offerings, and how you want to serve them in this way, okay? You can do whatever style you want, but let's say you're a web designer and your client might feel self-conscious that they don't have an online home, aka website, that they're proud of. What kind of tips can you give them right now to, um, to help them make simple changes to their site to boost their confidence? Maybe you can create a tutorial around that or some type of helpful tip, whatever whatever you decide, okay? My best freebie tip is to keep it easy to consume and implement. Steer clear of the 10-page guides and lengthy video tutorials that likely won't make it out of their inbox, okay? It needs to be easy to consume and implement. All right, Next up is embedded forms. Embedded forms are email opt-ins that are built right into the page of your site using very minimal code, which are my absolute favorite. Like I know I just said the word code and you're like, okay, like I'm out, I'm checked out. You can totally do this, okay? You can totally do it. Um, in fact, like if you choose an embedded code uh, or an embedded form via your um, email marketing platform like Flowdesk, they provide tutorials about like how to code in your embedded form on Squarespace and WordPress and all those different websites. It's, it, listen, I don't wanna be one of those people that are like, if I can do it, you can do it. But truly, they make it so simple nowadays that I don't want that like code piece to, um, feel like it disqualifies you, it totally doesn't. There are so many simple tutorials that will help you do that, okay? All right, so you will likely find um, embedded forms buried at the bottom of a website homepage, and that's kind of the norm for them, but it doesn't mean it's the rule, okay? So like if you go to someone's homepage right now, just like the first brand, you know, maybe like online service provider that you can think of, maybe it's a peer, you go to their website, you scroll to the bottom of their homepage, you will see an embedded form, most likely, like I'm willing to put money on it, before the footer. And that's because like that's, that's kind of been like the norm for embedded forms. It's like you have your whole entire homepage, everything laid out, and then okay, last but not least, embedded email opt-in form. It doesn't have to be that way. I feel like a lot of them get overlooked that way. Your embedded form can also be placed right underneath your header or in the middle of your homepage, okay? Like it, it can be, you can test it out. Like I love testing it out because remember like one of the main goals of your site other than like having someone sign up for a clarity call or purchasing your course or whatever you want them to do is also to build your email list. Like it's a great tool to use to build your email list. So we want that email and like that embedded form to be very clear um, and just like <laughs> easy to see and to opt into. So your embedded form can, you know, be placed wherever you want it to, honestly, and I just recommend testing it out, okay? So speaking of homepages, that's the first place I recommend you put your embedded opt-in form, and no matter where you put it, the content I recommend you promote is either your general email newsletter, so whatever, you know, whatever your newsletter is, um, and I love a good branded newsletter, you can promote that content. Um, it's the content, you know, you use to send, to nurture your subscribers on a consistent basis, or it can be a freebie that points to an offer you want to promote in this season, okay? Or just like an evergreen freebie that leads to like all your services. A lot of times I have clients use an embedded form to promote a workshop that leads to their signature course, and then every now and again, they'll swap their embedded form content out season to season, depending on the offer they'd like to sell more of, okay? So it's a pretty genius way to build your list with people who are 
not only interested in your brand, but in a specific offer, if that's the route you choose, all right? And if you don't have a um, signature offer you'd like to promote in a certain season, you can just promote a general freebie or market your newsletter, like I said, um, to build your list, all right? So like my newsletter is called um, the Not Your Average Newsletter, and I give exclusive tips once a week, and like I let people know about my podcast episode. So just saying that in an embedded form, people are like, oh yeah, like I want that. And then they opt in, okay? So it's like marketing your newsletter if you don't want to use a freebie or something like that. The other places I recommend using an embedded form with the same kind of content that we just went over um, is on your about and portfolio page if you have one, okay? The reason for your about page, and I think a lot of, I think this is like an overlooked page for email opt-ins, but your about page is said to be the second most visited page on your website, All right, so we definitely wanna make sure it's optimized for email conversions. And since people are likely scrolling through an about page, an embedded form is the perfect opportunity to grab their email with a general freebie or your branded newsletter, just like the content we went over earlier. And when it comes to these pages, like I really um, get, when I'm thinking about these pages, what should go on them, where forms, you know, could be, I really think about user activity, user experience, user behavior, what people are doing, what I'm doing when I'm on an about page. So when someone's on an about page, they likely want to learn about you, right? It's a fun place to get to know um, why you do what you do and just like fun facts about you and your values. And it's kind of like a slower scrolling page, okay? So it's a great place to have an embedded form, kind of like I would love for you to put it in the middle of the about page um, so that, again, it's not like overlooked by the end, okay? If someone's like, okay, I've like learned all I need to learn about you, like put it somewhere in the middle or near the top, all right? Like you can even position it as like, hey, thanks for checking me out. Like I'd love to give you this for free, right? And they opt into it if it resonates with them and if they would like it. Okay, your portfolio page, however, is a place potential clients are likely visiting to check out your work. So the kind of content I recommend you share on that embedded form is more pointed, again, to your services, similar to the pop-up form content you shared on your services page. So it can literally be the same type of content you shared on your services page um, because, we, again, we want to make it specific to those who are looking to work with you and all that good stuff, all right? Um, sometimes I think this is a good idea too for a portfolio page embedded form content is, um, let's say you can't, you don't want to like put all of your case studies and, um, work on your portfolio page. Maybe like you create a little, um, workbook or not even a workbook, but maybe like a continuation of your portfolio or like more case studies, like more specific case studies or something, um, in like, a as an email deliverable and you're like, hey, you wanna check out like more specific case studies or like are you interested in learning more about um, the kind of results my clients have seen? Like, you know, put your info in here and I'll send you like, you know, just more information on, again, like it can be case studies, transformations, all that good stuff. And I don't think that's like gatekeeping information. It's just like if someone really is interested in like working with you and that's the kind of content that would support their decision-making process and you can't really fit it all on your webpage because it would just be like forever and ever and ever of testimonials and portfolio stuff, just deliver it to them via email, right? So that's something that you can do on your portfolio as well, all right? So if you notice um, that your pop-up form isn't collecting as many subscribers as you had hoped on your services page, then maybe you can embed a form on your services page as well, right? Like 
so like the third page I would recommend because we did home page well this is the fourth page because home page about page portfolio page and then services page I know we talked about putting a pop-up on the services page but if you notice that your pop-up form on your services page isn't collecting as many subscribers as you hoped and you notice that you're getting a lot of traffic on your services page maybe embed a form um, a newsletter form on your services page as well like a static form kind of like what we're talking about right now okay the beauty of these forms is that they aren't set in stone if you haven't noticed that by now and they can be tested and changed from time to time all right like I'm giving you these are the forms I recommend these are the pages I recommend you putting them on here's the type of content I recommend you using based on my experience um but you know your brand better than me you get to see your your user behavior more than I do because I'm not looking at your website analytics. Um, so you get to test and tweak these things out, okay? But I'm just helping you, helping guide you with like a, a good foundation of where to start. All right, the last opt-in form that I recommend you have on your website is a footer opt-in form. And speaking of overlooked forms, okay, like my embedded form, even I have overlooked this one in the past, okay? So footer opt-in forms are very simply email forms you embed into the footer or the very bottom of your website. They're important. You might be like, okay, this is kind of like boring, a footer form. But listen, they're important not only because they capture the emails of those like curious bottom scrollers. And trust me, there are bottom scrollers. Like there are people that scroll all the way down to the bottom of a website. That's like where frequently asked questions are and contact buttons are and you know, all that stuff. Um, I, I definitely do that. Like I definitely will scroll down to the footer of people's website when I'm checking them out. Okay. So there are people that do this. So that's important because there are bottom scrollers, but because once you embed it into your footer, it shows up on every page of your site. Like talk about optimization, okay? Um, so the content I recommend sharing in your footer opt-in form is content that promotes your general email newsletter. We just wanna keep it kind of general here in my opinion. Like just invite people to join your email list and tell them what kind of content you'll be sending them and how often and then give them an opportunity to like fill out their name and email and a call to action button, okay? That kind of content is typically pretty evergreen so it can stay the same and relevant for quite some time, all right? Like the other forms, you might change it out season to season make it more relevant to offers that you want to promote but the footer form can just be like your branded newsletter or the content you send via email on a regular basis and it'll be okay if like you forget to swap it out because that kind of stuff just stays evergreen all right that is a wrap on how to optimize your website to grow your email list to invite more people to join your email list if they feel so inclined based on the content you're presenting okay so i hope these tips help you make some simple changes or tweaks to your website so you can easily invite people to your list instead of losing them to the abyss of the world wide web until next time and make sure make sure that you check out the uh show notes section and case I pop any resources down there. I don't have any resources at the moment, but just in case I do, always be checking out the show notes because sometimes even if I don't mention it in the episode, I like to pop in things and I'm like, oh, this could be super helpful to go along with this episode. So make sure you check out the show notes. And until next time, my pal, I will chat with you soon.
Well, fancy meeting you here. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you found this episode or the podcast in general helpful, would you do me a quick favor and leave a review? It literally takes less than five minutes and helps others like yourself hear about the show so they can tune in too. My podcast team and I, aka my husband, would be forever grateful and it would just bless all of our work. Cheers and see you in the next episode.